called Boule. And in its history book, and here, this is a, uh, their logo is a Grecian Sphinx. It's an animal. And this Grecian Sphinx is similar to a griffin or a gargoyle. And this, this logo, this symbol is a guardian animal. They tend to protect something higher than itself. How is the Boule different than the numerous fraternities and groups in our community? What is the relationship to the Boule Nine, nine make up the axis of the Black Greek dynasty. There are four male societies, four female societies, and the Boule make the ninth one. Those societies tend to make up a, a aristocracy. We talk in the park about the 10%, uh, not, not in the sense of us in exclusivity, but them in the terms of deputizing 10% of the population to assure that the 90%... very interesting we've got yeah. some new surprises alex Coolwater, <laughs> who i think uh you know it's 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 very beautiful you know like it's so funny how are you feeling i'm kind of under the weather right now i'm like pretty loopy and out of it oh same yeah i, I actually got really sick last night but i was like oh shit driving taxi and trying to suppress it. <laughs> yeah. What, what an interesting way to, ah, yeah. So there's a lot of, I don't know, man. It's funny for, I'm sure pretty much everybody knows Alex from seasons one and two of the show and who 
sort of helped cultivate the sound design and aesthetic and, and I guess some of the concepts behind the show, you know, and it's a, uh, it's great to have him back. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's awkward or what. no, no, it, it's, um, yeah, full circle. It's great. Yeah, it is great. I'm, I, you know, it just seems like, I feel like culture, especially internet cultures in this incredible standstill where everybody's sort of playing out these kinds of like metadata narratives over and over again and, and, you know, granting provenance to who started what trend and what trend was started. And, you know, it's funny, like I was just in New York and it's so weird, you know, because you see a Mm -hmm. lot of the people who you like, you see what they're like online and you see them and it, everything looks so coherent and cohesive. But when you actually go there, it's like all that cohesiveness and coherency that you see projected on the internet starts to like really kind of fall apart. And it's nice to be honest and not beholden to any sort of, you know, audience capture, which is bad <laughs> financially, but you know, <laughs> it, in yeah. The, in the long term, yeah. I believe it's, it's the right way to go. Yeah, there's um, it's it's just crazy how many you know cycles of um, kind of um, shedding shedding perspectives and reframing things one goes through. Like I feel like COVID was just like like the, that time period. Like there was just such a, um, I mean, it was already so fast, and then it just you know like just the speeding up and slowing down of everything and these kind of like uh, attempts at forming online community over things that are more like kind of positive or things that are more negative. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if we want to start with this, but I just think it would be funny. Um, This whole teapot shit is really funny. You know, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) Okay. So you obviously know like um, uh, sort of Justin's response to it. Yeah. So let me just give like, because I think it's really like it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to define it so like I've been following it for a long time because I kind of um, cringe lurk on like effective altruism <laughs> rationality post rationality I've been I've been interested in this stuff lately it's it's just uh, as a phenomena I think <laughs> it, yeah, as a social phenomenon I'm really interested in that stuff from just an outsider perspective because um, it reminds me of a lot of a lot of other things from the 20th century that I have tagged as like pretty sus in my head like um, but at the same time, would have been fun to be involved with so i have like empathy for people involved in it to a degree um because but just like you know kinds of uh, beginnings of cult formation where it's all about like incredibly high openness you know right (laughs) and it's um so basically like the the shortest summary i could give would be like you know these people come out of i guess the um originally like the less wrong comments section and then they um, and then they kind of would playfully refer to themselves because they were like, you know, um, obsessed with this kind of illegibility or like kind of uh, not having certain kinds of boundaries because they've like moved past being like kind of like fedora uptight 
Reddit <laughs> atheist. So it's like an evolution of that where they're like more woo-woo and spiritual, but they're still like oh, high, highly I've concentrated. Been to, in, I've been to this stuff in Austin a lot. Yeah, you, there's you totally overlapping hear, circles. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've been to some parties, some like less wrong adjacent parties that will just make you like cringe your pants <laughs> yeah yeah and like shit like ecstatic dance or like like things that are like these kind of hippie-ish burner things it's like that mixed with um you know a lot of people who are really into like math and statistics and ai and machine learning whatever all that kind of shit um and they're also upset the part that like makes me um uh kind of train my focus on them in a suspect way is that they're really into like hacking social dynamics which sets off alarm bells for me just in terms of some of these different things like humanistic psychology or trans uh what is it uh, is it transpersonal psychology or like some of these kinds of like things around human potential movement things around esalen right. things around esalen is a big one yeah, which so, is so those are those are things sus. where it's yeah triggering me on those roots right but like as a group of people like you know um a lot of them seem like pretty like kind and friendly you know on an individual level but so it started out as you know they're in that comment section you know a lot of them would even say that that's like before them or whatever but then they started calling themselves in group as a joke and then the joke is like everyone can be an in group oh you see what in group is you're an in group now which is like I don't know that 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 is a little bit like sus to me even though like I see how it has this kind of like friendly open quality to it but just that kind of like boundaryless if you're here you're one of us type things those things like evaporate really quickly as anything grows right which a lot of them would make jokes about too but so then it went from in group to like this part of Twitter so yeah it went from like in group to this part of Twitter teapot right and then they had this uh, thing called Vibe Camp, which was oh, like an. In- uh, yeah, I almost snuck into Vibe Camp. Yeah, so that's <laughs> so that, that's like the basic like description of it, and then it blew up after that even more. And now there's like another Vibe Camp that's happening in a different state where, and there was another thing called Jess Camp that was like a, in Europe because Vibe Camp was in the U.S. So anyway, that's like a and and some of the people who are like the elders of it would be like that account uh chaos prime or like eigen robot yeah like ayella like those are like oh dude (laughs) (laughs) i've been to a less wrong party where they rented a mansion and i didn't sign a fucking disclosure waiver and i'm doing some (laughs) where it was like they decided to have like a sex like a nude sex orgy in the pool and ayella was sort of like the leader and she found like the most chiseled uh, Buddhist, like sort of like the best looking, uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess you would say like teapotter or whatever the fuck you want to call <laughs> these people. Like, you know, he had like this weird ponytail and, you know, but he, but he was like, uh, like a vaguely sort of like handsome guy. And she was just like hooking up with him naked in the jacuzzi while all the kind of like in-group orbiter dysgenic sort of like incel kind of guys were sort of like they were sort of like sperms on the outside of the egg trying to penetrate to like get in on the fuck fest in this like tiny jacuzzi yeah (laughs) so it was like it's like Ayala hooking up with this one dude and all these other guys just like lemmings like pushing their way (laughs) 
It was so fucking funny, dude. I, I like, mean, I was hissing myself laughing. You know, and so it's like, I, you know, I just, I think there's something, well, there's something, I, I, I'm not like, um, I'm bringing up the Justin thing, not necessarily to like talk shit on Justin, just to like frame things in an interesting way, because I feel like there's, um, there's something really funny about like Justin's not that different than them in certain ways. <laughs> oh, I know. I actually so saw like- a quote tweet of Justin. It was like Austin perf- is is now a person. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, it's too funny. It's great to have uh, Alex back because we can actually like laugh and do. Uh, sorry, I'm. I'm I no, no, stop. no. It's all good. I it's mean, just but, but- I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to be like. Uh, I'm not trying to do the uh, the teal bucks discourse. But like, there is something hilarious about like. I went back to like these old effective altruism like seminar videos from like maybe um, I don't know 2005 to 2015 or something. And like, um, you know, they were they were totally like teal funded. So it's just really funny that you have this kind of like thing that 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 brings in this um i guess from the you know pseudo trad perspective more degenerate kind of um weird uh repetition of like cultic behavior with the like you know i i amuse whatever fucking you know oracle like i don't know you know that kind of shit and then the like hard like opposed to that side but they're still within the same they're within the same thing kind of they're still um yeah, I don't know. That, that's not clarifying it that much. But yeah, like, um, I just think that, yeah, I... Um... Well, it's funny because uh, there's like this trend to... There's like two separate groups. There's a kind of like schizo. Everything is multipolar. Everything is sort of disconnected. And then you have like the kind of like everything is connected kind of people. And, and it's weird because you're starting to really see the connections between this less wrong rationalist school with like the kind of like um meta referentiality of like bougie downtown new york stuff you know like it all sort of you know but it that, all but sort of into the same sort of synthesis yeah but an interesting group to compare them against where it almost in some ways is flattering to them is comparing them to the kind of like uh, marketing bros, like, um, <laughs> like crypto marketing bros, lamb bros, soul bra adjacent, oh, yeah. grit cult adjacent. Yeah. Where it's like, like deja, deja rue or like those kind of accounts where it's like, it's all about programming. Like, so it, it ends up being like this thing where like those people are on, like, I guess those people are like on that like roots part of Trump's psyche that kind of freaks me out about Trump sometimes of like the Norman Beale like uh, Napoleon Hill like OG self um, OG self help OG like almost um, uh, not like Masonic but like um, like everything is math and once you crack the code inside your brain right <laughs> and tell yourself this right combination like um and like as and it's like mixed with because those people like those marketing bros are also kind of schizo adjacent because they're right. you know super into like cymatics angel numbers yeah like, there's this guy in town jeffrey lewis who calls himself a vibe capitalist who like oh funds, i've seen that account yeah who's, who funds like a lot of this stuff as well yeah so that it I, I, I'm really interested in hearing more about this. Though. This is great. Yeah, because so like 
I, I do want to kind of like trace this. I want to like, besides it just being like funny in this way, I want to like, uh, yeah, trace it back to certain things of like why it might be um, sinister. So it's like, and I don't mean sinister on an individual level, but just like on a, on a group level. So I mean, like, I've just been um, thinking a lot about, and there's been a lot of good like reporting and podcasting about this woman, um, Barbara Marks Hubbard, who um, is, um, there's some good, like, Alison McDowell and Whitney Webb, and um, there's, you know, good, like, um, like, the Farm podcast and um, the Program to to Chill podcast all all had good stuff on her. Well, Barbara Marks Hubbard, she's, like, the founder of the Synergy Engine and the birth, like, all yep. of these like weird future and these dude and- these heart rate monitor things that they all meditate on so the people who use these it's all it's on some science it's like scientology adjacent almost of like yeah. like this kind of technology that people buy that they then use with other members of the so basically it's like this meditation device and i'm sure there's like app versions of this that are like you know competitors or whatever but it's like a meditation device where people at the same time all around the world you know meditate on things which is like this is like some there's tons of different like gurus making their people do this whatever but it's like a big one this heart rate thing and the thing that's really sus about it is like they'll like be doing it about like the ukraine or like some like really you know issue that is very like i don't know just like you know somewhat nakedly political in a way where and they're really into this whole synchronization thing and and it's kind of like you know it almost reminds me of, of like an oppositional thing to what Dugan's talking about, but from the same plane, because he's talking about like the newosphere, you know, right. and he's talking about like the war of the mind and the war of like ideas and then things even, you know, above the ideas of like, which like, if we were talking to teapot people, it would all be about like Egregor fucking shit or whatever. But like, you know, the, but just these kind of like, but so, sh- so her thing, like, this kind of um, this syncing up of people, which is like, you know, um, just the way that ties into like forced mindfulness shit, like the way right. that Amazon employees have these like weird, you know, forced meditation things and affirmations, which like in some ways is kind of like uh, not Lindy, but like modern Lindy, just in the sense of like old corporations used to have songs that like people would sing together that like right. caused group cohesion. You know, it's kind of like military or kind of like yeah. folk military. <laughs> well, um, the the interesting thing about all of this stuff is it it doesn't like it's not interested in sort of harnessing like what William Ames referred to as technometry, which is kind of like the controlling or uh, ability to kind of tap into technological devices. It's very much sort of like. Uh, instead of the process of automation, instead of the process of technology sort of like working for you to like liberate you to do what you want elsewhere, it's very much like still a kind of like transhumanist project. You know, exactly. it's sort of like new agey stuff with the transhumanism and like the the weird Mormonism stuff, you, you know, oh, and yeah, Christianity. Dude. And that's why like yep. Urbit is so bizarre to me. For an ex- mm-hmm. as as a good example of somebody who I feel like has tapped into this kind of like postmodern traditionalist model of using sort of like social scientific data to like feign 
metaphysics or systems of belief so that people can what are those kids who are like those young kids who have a lot of like funding to like build that city that's like praxis yeah i mean like well it's funny because praxis actually is kind of interesting to me yeah so it's not just like libertarian charter city seasteading like new version of that you know it's weird because their ultimate goal, I guess, is to like outsource that model to other places, you know? So it's like really weird because on one hand it has this like kind of like wild West connotation. Like it's, it's almost like more respectable to me than like a lot of other things because it's actually like, it's actually vested in utilizing statecraft and technology to build an adjacent style system where people can like liberate themselves from the actual kind of like machinic practice itself. I mean, not, not to be, not to be too reductive, but like, so it's not just like the Uber of cities. It doesn't really, you know, it's like the problem with Praxis to me is it's linked to a lot of stuff that in concept, I'm kind of not that against it. But, yeah, because frame, frameworks or like thought like that precedes like the creation of those kind of communities can be really good in the sense of like not. Um, I mean, it's really gnarly creating like communes and cities, and there's a lot of really like fucked up things that can happen with just personal dynamic, interpersonal dynamics right. around like leaders around that stuff. So if there is a certain kind of framework, or if there is a certain kind of like, which is like you know tying into what people who are crypto adjacent are excited about of like there could be the contracts built in blah blah blah. <laughs> well, the, well, the big problem with all of these people is that you know, and I hate to be like Marxian about this, but I, I've been sort of like this. The show is going kind of going back to its roots <laughs> a little bit here, but you know, it's like testing the contradictions of thought and accelerating those contradictions of sort of like social dynamics and dialectics is like really, really interesting to me. Uh, you know, because on one hand, like I'm all for free speech, you know, like I, I think that's a totally positive thing. Uh, you can't really get to the truth. People need a kind of mental framework to that's like people just get incentivized around their own fucking bullshit constantly. You know, it's like, so Uh there's no way within this kind of like algorithm to kind of evade ideological capture. If you're not sort of like doing like a Maoist internal critique of like you being, I I just feel like it's not even like an ideology. It's just like rigorous honesty. You have to sort of keep on top of that because it's so easy for people to fall into this thing of like, I'm going to brand myself as a dissident and we'll be the dissidents forever. There's nothing like capture or, you know, sort of market subversion. It's just finding a niche. It's just finding a niche they can exploit. It's like a marketing thing where they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, there are people that are just like um, across all these different kinds of you know, divides of what their beliefs are that I just still really respect as like truth tellers where it's like, they're in this role. That's like a hybrid of like a teacher and an activist. And sometimes like a little bit of a shaman, but it's not as far out as shaman. Usually it just includes a little bit of that foresight of a shaman. But like I, I, um, so yeah, like this, um, 
this dude that I would recommend like everyone to check out and just look at his archives because I feel like there's a lot of like laughable examples of like hoteps that are like snake oil salesmen and that are like selling a lot of um, sort of bullshit spirituality stuff and like bullshit race science stuff. But Steve Coakley is like, I just, I, I really respect him and I think he's someone that should be studied Steve for just his really interesting and you've for been his on, tactics he, you've been on steve coakley for a while yeah dude no that was like i, I went like into the weirdest <laughs> futurologist like oh my god i mean <laughs> okay so like just before i even like talk about him just like i just want to like highlight some of the tactics that he did and sort of like the the bravery of it and also the kind of yeah the bravery the boldness and the kind of um you know, uh, pointedness of it that feels like pretty alien to, um, you know, a lot of discourse today. So basically this, this dude was like operating fully on a, um, traveling, basically traveling lecturer video salesman and his videos, he would, every time he would go to a cafe, like he would be in Lamert park a lot. He would be in, you know, basically like all the different, like, all the different chocolate cities selling his videos and recording his videos and basically cross-referencing his videos so that in every video he's basically saying like he'll use his other videos as footnotes and so he can kind of like have a shorthand for if you want to check out my whole exposition on that check out that video right and it's not just like a tech technique for selling his videos it's just a way of condensing his stuff right so like and the videos are like three hours long a lot of times and they include dialogue with the audience so there's a community right. aspect to it but the main thing is that he does this really intense adversarial thing because his main enemy beyond like his like really large far out kind of global enemies that were the same as whatever Alex Jones and lots of other people in, you know, yeah. those spheres, but his more micro was uh, more like within his own community enemies were the boule, which are basically the, um, the black skull and bones. Um, right. He that is like them. the beginning of uh, a lot of black Greek life. So um, a lot of black Greeks are like, can trace back to structures from the boule and, um, it yeah, doesn't Sigma Phi Phi, right? Um, that's what it. That's I'm like, sorry, yeah, that's yeah, like I'm, the Greek name for it. For the boule, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So it has the the Griffin or whatever. Yeah, the, the Griffin, little, yeah. and it starts in Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 totally. And um, and so like um, the basically what he does is every city he goes to, he names the names. He just reads out lists of boule members in that city and asks the audience if they've had interactions with them and he sometimes says their addresses and stuff and their phone numbers or their places of business. And he's not doing it in like a terroristic way exactly because he's not, um, he's not even saying they're all bad. He's just saying they're all potentially compromised. So if they've done good things, tell me about the good things they've done. It's not just this kind of witch hunt thing. It's more this kind of thing of we're putting them on notice and now this is on the record and this record right. is our community's shared record. And, um, and this kind of thing of um, basically he, he does this thing of calling people out and, and, and basically like 
doing these corrections of like, this is what they did wrong, or this is when they defended this position that was forced upon them by this interest group or whatever. But what, but what he does is he's still willing to work with people who have been compromised sometimes as long as he can like, basically he's willing to form temporary alliances around bigger issues. So he has this weird kind of like, you know, openness to working even when cautious about when the kind of threshold will be reached where they're going to pull out. So he would work sometimes, you know, he could go to the same thing with Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton, or, you know, there's a moment, there's a really interesting video where he brings OJ to one of his um, sessions and he kind of um, lets OJ talk to the people in this kind of very disingenuous Afrocentric OJ moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, just this idea of like, um, cause you're saying the malice thing, but just like this idea of like this rigorous self critique, but not full cancellation. Exactly. Right. It's interesting. It's like, there are limits to it. It reminds me of like, it, things it's a that are- really, it's a super interesting like dynamic. And I've actually been reading, you know, the, uh, minimalist composer Cornelius Cardu. I, I know a couple of his like pieces of music, but I don't know much about his life. Yeah. So, I just, in New York, I just bought his book uh, called Stockhausen Serves Imperialism. (laughs) And it's basically like, you know, he started like the Scratch Orchestra and AMM. And there was a schism in the Scratch Orchestra, which was this sort of like free uh, minimalist composition orchestra where it was like, you know, very sort of like out there and experimental and you had non-musicians and musicians, but there became like a kind of schism within the orchestra where it was like half of them were sort of anarchists and liberals and the other half were like adopting like a a Marxist-Leninist standpoint. And it was really interesting to see like the way the ML people and and Keith Rowe was actually in that part, you know, like the guitar player who basically invented like uh, acoustic electric music where you put like the tuning forks in the guitar and like hit it. Fuck, I actually don't know him. I got to check that out. Yeah. It's like really weird shit. Don't get me wrong. Like a lot of it reeks of like, all right, so you're talking about Stockhausen, but the masses actually like MAGA and they don't give a fuck about Stockhausen. So who are you really telling this to? Like, yeah, is it yeah. inter-elite conflict kind of? Yeah, so or like, like not they, even elite, but wannabe, whatever. Like, like yeah, this or, is like, well, this is my problem with like a lot of this, you know, sort of Marxist doctrinaire Marxist shit that like started by like you're in a, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really take you seriously. Yeah, well, I've so I've been I've been kind of struggling with with this one. I'm kind of in a place where like, so I was like. I've always been, you know, very, yeah, go for it. But it was really funny how, like, they pointed back to this fact that, like, they are making music that can't be made for the masses. So they basically reshaped the orchestra to try to integrate it with the workers. But it's still, like, you know what I mean? Like, it still fails to register because it's, like, such a, coming from such an ideological place is where like, you know, most of the people who, you know, it's really, it, it, and it, there are a lot of parallels between the kind of like Bernie socialists that you saw in like, I was just in New York and you see people who were like burners, uh, you know, kind of going like the Peter Thielian mold buggy route. 
And these were all people who demonized Trump supporters for like six years. But they're still demonizing this same group of uh, class of people, but they've adopted the kind of like – like openly reactionary positions, which is why I've sort of come to sort of reclaim or restate this notion that like contain is an Americana Marxian decoded project. Like, I mean, yeah, like that is where it all started. Uh, I'm not into ideological capture, like fuck leftism. You know, I'm, I don't fuck with that shit at all, but like to see everything, which is almost like why I kind of wanted to go through like a genealogy of the past since we kind of had our schism to now and see, like kind of go through like a history of what happened. And, you know, it's kind of amazing because I've been getting a lot of messages lately with people being like, you know, the reason I fuck with you is because you've you're honest and you don't, you sort of stand on your own. And it's like, yeah, like that's the Sigma mindset, you know, like you gotta (laughs) like fuck it, fuck people, you know, like nothing, you can't get to the truth. And there's like all this discourse now, I think amongst people on the right on Twitter where they're like, it's okay to lie because Nietzsche said that people are fundamentally liars. And it's like, first off, you're a fucking 37-year-old. Why do you quote <laughs> passages of beyond good and evil? <laughs> Second, like, there is a deterministic quality to a truth procedure. Like, the art me and Beanstalk puts out, there's no truthiness to it. It's just a part of dummy data, but it provides a kind of counterfactual to which people can engage with that I think is very sort of non-abusive and like it's awesome like people are stoked they're drinking yeah no it feels kind of uh feels kind of cleansing in a way to read it because you're like taking in something that sort of functions like theory but then it's also just kind of like like a soap that just moves around and just kind of um you can like read certain things into it and yeah no I I love the moment when it I wasn't expecting it to get like sexual. <laughs> Got the mommy um Japanese piss whatever. <laughs> Etheric. <laughs> the ethic the the only subjects that exist within the Omni cringe are the etheric a- a- obese astral lords and the ka- <laughs> the Japanese kawaii piss girls. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. I mean, it's funny because I feel like there's this fine line where like, I I mean, I am, yeah, I want to do that full genealogy thing like you were talking about. I think it's great. I just pointing out like, um, you know, like I, in when I first um, saw some of the kind of absurdity of it, I mean, there is a part of me that is like always, um, you know, a little bit um, like one of my... Um, sensors of susness is like anything that's close to like discordianism stuff where it's like kind of um this this um and i'm not saying that it is but i just it it was like there's a kind of um yeah it's interesting this this playfulness without like um uh like holding something dangerous in the playfulness or I don't know if this is like, if that makes sense or like, cause I feel like sometimes there's like ways in which you like can 
quote something, quote ideas in something that makes them lubed up and easy to take in. And um, well, this is the like this is a really good example of what happened. So, the, and and I think this is sort of a metric of the project success. Not only did did it sell pretty well, uh, it sold you know it sold out in a day, and I'm actually going to release the the video online tonight. Uh, but the head, the number one ranked pitmaster in all of Texas, out of the blue, wrote me and was like, "I really like your barbecue philosophy. Like, it's really <laughs> super interesting." And I looked it up, and like this person actually won, like number one pitmaster in all of Texas in 2021. <laughs> uh, you, you know, so like, yeah. it, like people who are of you know, different groups, non-academic groups can also engage with this yeah. because it, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'll ultimately I'm not interested in Ivy Towers. Like, like I said, like there are a lot of motherfuckers out there lying right now and mm-hmm. I'm pissed, you know, yeah. you know, there are people buttressing the dumbest fucking ideas known to man. And you see, uh, and a lot of right wingers are doing this. Yeah, and, and yeah. it is fucking grift central out there. I mean, yeah. you know, and it's like, I like to think that if you sort of expose this, this is kind of why the more sort of conspiratorial, historical, uh, social anthropological projects, I think, are gaining traction right now, which is sort mm-hmm. of like another pivot is because they are actually interested in the truth. Yeah. I I mean, or you can do something that's purely artistic and multimodal and they should exist separately, which is like a a big part of the project is the music and the art side and the fiction side. And then there's the kind of contextual side. And now I'm bringing it back to the very, very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, for me, like I, I always, wanted to find a balance of perspectives and the whole idea of centrism and balance is so corrupted in our world because yeah, there is truth telling. So it's yeah. like, you have to go to these like insane fringes to get some kind of, um, uh, and a lot of times you have to like look at things from these really like anti-American perspectives or overly like super chauvinistic, like super, um, you know, pro, uh, basically it's like, if you, I can't only learn about like, I can't only learn about Gladio and shit like that from people who are blaming everything on it. But I also like right. have to really like, you know, examine the people that are like, you know, I mean, cause there's people that I, you know, like, obviously like, I mean, I, I we love could talk about operation Gladio a little bit too. Um, yeah, yeah. Just the, the context of that is just these kind of like the U.S. support for these um, networks of uh, fascists in Europe that could potentially, um, you know, fight the Soviets if there was a Soviet invasion of Europe. So it was like the continuity of fascism and the creation of certain, uh, you know, um, post-World War II fascist groups. Um, and some of them were esoteric, like the uh, Order of the Solar uh, Temple, or I forget the right. name, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that that stuff. Some of them were just like more like uh, red brown type stuff. Um, you know, there was a whole just diversity of in the same way that in America, they supported everyone who wasn't like a Stalinist or whatever. Um, right. There was a lot, you know, it's like similar to that, but just except these people, a lot of them were like actually, you know, 
had been in combat or like actually had access to like industrial money, you know, like they were like connected to powerful, like, you know, like firms. Joseph bros. Tito was supported because he was not a Stalinist. And yeah, yeah. yeah and there's, just, there's just, a, there's a lot of shit you can look into in that whole thing. But I mean, but, but what I, what I like, I want to learn from people who are also saying like on it, who are being honest on the right. And so like, I feel like the honest position on the right is um, even though, you know, um, you know, of course in these kind of um, information environments, like everyone is shaping their information in ways to kind of pass through sensors in certain ways or pass through um, or to try to connect with people. But like, you know, especially on like telegram, you know, people can speak more directly. And so like, you know, basically like the direct right wing case is like, you know, someone like a Thomas 777 or like a BAP basically saying, like, look at the end of uh, apartheid South Africa. Look at the way that the security state like expanded in this huge outsized way where they're like developing race specific bioweapons and they're like doing all this shit. We want something like that. We don't need numbers to win. We're elite as white men and we don't need like a giant like we don't need um, a lot of them are kind of like um, it's this weird thing of basically. Yeah, being they like, sort of want to bring back the kind of professional managerial class. I mean, it's hard, though, because I look at somebody who's like a, a, a rocker wearing, you know, uh, R.A.C., rock against communism fucking t-shirts in his 50s and like pretending to be like tommy lee joe a fucking motley (laughs) crew and i'm like you know slamming methadone and i'm like you're the guy to do it really no but i mean like i think his i think his uh i mean he's interesting you you got i'm just saying like i'm i'm very excited to read his you know book on on nuremberg i've been listening to all of his video series on like the pete quinones um uh, show and like I, I I do um think that there is a you know it is important to have like a reckoning with the post World War II order and I do think that kind of like the um and it's not to say that like every victor isn't hypocritical and uh, right you know, it's it's about the victory itself you know it's like, just we're, that we're within that victor as Americans we're within that complex of that victor so we need to know sort of about our own it's just a way of investigating our own shit kind of and like you know i i of course like you know i'm, I'm not a holocaust denier or something but like i do you know um <laughs> sympathize you? no i do sympathize with the context of like when we think about the holocaust we should also think about the morgenthau plan we should also right. think about the gulags we should also think about like you know like like it's well, kind of well that's the thing that they talk a little bit about is like when Hitler stas Stalinist purges and gulags and pogroms. It made what was in, like initially unthinkable now thinkable. Similar to situation with Ukraine and, and Russia. You know, like I, I think Russia played their hand really, really poorly. They went way over the line. And they're going to suffer in the long run or they're going to be co-opted by China. There's already speak of them adopting the yuan as the main central, uh, you know, monetary system. But at the same time, it's like what to see what NATO has done has made the invasion of Crimea possible because they because you're able to now see like, well, they did this to them. What if they do that to us now? 
you know? So, yeah. and, and you have to at least strategically empathize with that position. So like the standard liberal position is, oh, they shouldn't have done that. Well, they did it and they went way too fucking far. And now they're going to be totally swept up by China. And whether well, this that is the means part where like I'm a, still, the part where I still kind of have maybe uh, too much reactionary or right, right wing in me on it is like, I'm like, they didn't like, if they went harder at the beginning, like way harder and it was more decisive. Yeah. Like a seven day war type of situation. Exactly. Cause yeah. the whole thing is like it, it, the idea of like, like Putin is actually very, I mean, I feel like it's actually very ris- I don't actually buy this notion that even though they have ultrasonic weapons, like I don't actually buy this idea that they're powerful enough to do like what Israel did to, uh, Egypt in the 1950s. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess, like, I guess I might pro- be like-, like the problem is, is like, I think if they could have made it fast, they would have, but they actually didn't have the resilience to do it. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Or I'm, they I'm not couldn't sure. have done it with the speed necessary to not elicit a global sort of Atlantic reaction that would just decimate their entire country. So they actually had no choice strategically to do some long, drawn out thing that may not get resolved in fucking years. I'm not sure because I feel like Putin is is a lawyer and a cop. And I think that he kind of did his own version of like a policing action style war, even though the whole denazification thing is like a, a joke, even though as I was Nazis, but I'm just saying like that pretense is a joke, but it's just like, I, I do think that like he didn't want to do something with um, really intense casualties at the beginning. And that there was a kind of like concern for the way it looked in a way that is not, not something that anyone in the West would like give him credit for. And I'm not saying they should, but I just think that it's like, um, I think there was a. I'm not sure. Well, if the within was Russian based on politics, weakness. he's kind of a moderate. You know? I know. Uh, I know. And well, the the and a lot of the issue is people and even Dugan overstated their impact within the Kremlin. He hadn't had any fucking impact within the Kremlin circles in a long time. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there's, and so and this is the problem when people start ascribing too much like power or mystique to certain individuals and and some of their ideas. And a lot of Dugan's talking points have been taken out of context, you know, Mm -hmm. like the kill, kill, kill Ukrainian thing. Uh, So it is really sort of interesting to see, you know, it's like you could like, we're way beyond the point of it being a sort of like, you know, Sino Vietnam war situation in the eighties where like, you know, Vietnam and China were at war on the border for 10 years and nobody even knows it happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, like to me, that's like one of the most interesting historical examples of a hot war that took place that everybody just forgot about. And that Vietnam. I've barely dug into that. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. And like Vietnam fucking still hates China. Yeah. You know, th- there's a reason why uh, a communist party that adopts Ho Chi Minh thought. And a lot of it also goes back to China's emboldening of the Khmer Rouge and, and they've been fighting for fucking centuries, you know, like they, and the annexation of the Canton and South China and Chinese imperialism and all this other stuff. Like 
it, it, to me, like that's a really interesting example of something that nobody ever talks about. That was literally a hot war that lasted from 1979 to like 1988 or something. It, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, I think I just like I, I, um, I do think that there are potential ways that Russia could come out in a good uh, way from this conflict because I, I do think that some of the, um, you know, it's like so Turkey is super empowered by this because all of these sanctions are causing things to be with you know, our, um, with Armenia and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but also just the sanctions with Russia are just causing things to be resold through Turkey, and then Turkey will be the gateway to a lot of Russian trade because we won't be able and to trade Saudi, with Russia and directly. Saudi Arabia. You know, and because sure, of but China, I'm just, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that, like, I think that the BRICS countries and that whole kind of like this kind of, um, you know, counter to um, Anglo-American, you know, European order. I think like there's going to, I do think there's going to be a big pivot, and I do think that like you know, India is going to play a super crucial role because it's obviously like totally. you know, there they have a great like they can play both sides against each other. Um, I mean, Turkey has that to a degree. Um, I mean, I, and I just, I, I do like, I, I just, um, I, I do think there is something so threatening about like, um, Ukraine integration into NATO and the EU and stuff. That's just like, um, dude, like people like, uh, members of the Reagan administration were like against NATO expansion and stuff. Like people who were so hawkish were skeptical of NATO expansion. Like I just, um, right. There is a way in which it's so inherently provocative, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, we're not at war with the Soviet Union anymore. Like, so it's just like we're kind of anyway. Yeah, we don't have to go down this hole, you know. No, no, it's it's super interesting. But yeah, like I, I just find it to be like a really fascinating time in general. There's so much going on geopolitically. Yeah. There's so much going on in terms of like culture and music and art and the way that it's kind of like shaping up in the public. And there's a lot of like, you know, I don't know if you've seen that show, like the rehearsal with Nathan Felder. No, I, I'm not really like that much of a fan of his. So I haven't checked it out. But, you know, maybe I should. it's it's really interesting because at first I really wrote it off as a kind of like a meta categorical uh, expansion of this discursive, particular, like art making society that we live in today, where the kind of like older ways of making art are sort of like dying out, and you know, and everything becomes about harnessing the image and controlling the output of the image. So to me, it's like people already do this on social media all the time. Like, you know, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. like, for example, like I was in dime square a few days ago <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's really funny because like I live in Texas, you know, not, not known to be the coolest place in the world. And I was at these parties and I'm like, this, this is such a strange, like the way that they cohesively curate the image of the self or the imigo as like the art is so weird because it's like none of this holds up to even the perception of what it is online. And, but Nathan Felder like does everything from controlling the weather to like, you know, 
there is a sort of Artodian theater of cruelty to it. And he got a lot of shit because there is like this total element of cruelty to the actual show, just similar to like the way Borat was cruel or. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I definitely, I definitely like those dynamics and humor. I really, really hate humor where the person is trying to like look good in any way. Like, I feel like there's something disgusting and narcissistic about like, I mean, this is like meta narcissism. Right. No, totally. But I just mean like the kind that I think of as like the perfect example of like, is like some shit like Dane Cook or something where it's just like, it just has that kind of like, you're still trying to be like likable through the, you know, it's just horrible, you know, like, yeah. like comedians are to be laughed at, you know, a lot of times and not like, like they need to like go full clown in a way where it's just, yeah, kind of painful and yeah cruel yeah i mean I, I what, think that, that, well i do well it's like it's imposing one's own narrative structure on others so there's like a lot of discourse surrounding like parasociality and who's a minor character in somebody's sort of main character fantasy and, yeah and like i really want to do away with all of that and like i said like as a sort of way to make money this is it's it's very difficult to try to take a conceptual practice. Well, this is why like finance punk is really interesting to me because it's all about desubjectification. And you know, like I've been into Alfred Son Rethel for a while, but it, it also takes you know bits of performance art because it is meta referential. But to something of the outside, I think Vito Acconci was really interesting as an artist because he he made references to dialogues that existed outside of his own. And I think yeah, this is why yeah. somebody like Vito Acconci dropped out of the art world, you know, for example. And it, yeah, so I've it's been, almost I've like, been... do you end up as a situationist, like, or whatever you want to call it, uh, because the situationists were like a little bit cringe themselves, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Like, how is it that you... You know, but at the same time, and this is where he's going to, he turned towards public works, like the face of the earth sculpture number three, and lithographs. And this is why I think bringing back physical objects, whether they're books and art objects that can be sold online, that, you know, don't actually need a kind of like, um, that aren't sort of like a part of even like the outside art space or like the deinstitutional art spaces or whatever, I think there's a lot of potential there to yeah, I think the creation things- of abstract value and physical and even like rock bands or something like that. Yeah, it's really well, like that, that. I mean, you've been talking a lot about the the Pink Floyd at Pompeii, and then like I sent you that video yesterday of the yeah, Tushinari that was Kondo, amazing. Blow the Earth, uh, Peru, and like it's just like yeah, that's on that like geo you know, shit where it's just like, he's react. It's so like, um, beautiful to just like react to, you know, just reacting to nature in that way, or just like being there's, it's really badass. And, um, but like, yeah, I've been like too conservative about like, I've always been kind of, um, anti theater and performance art on a certain level, which is way too limiting. Um, I, I definitely, don't always like uh performance art in the context of like an art gallery. Um, uh, right. Just because I feel like there's something like that what I don't like. What about performance art staged at Stubbs Barbecue Restaurant? Exactly. No, no, that's totally. I mean, I think there's something cool about 
um, real world interaction, but I just don't really like that. Like the art patron what is interaction. real world interaction. I know. I know. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. what I, really I, is it? <laughs> I know. I just like, I'm like, you know what I mean by conservative is just that like, I've definitely been on that kind of like overly um, artisan focused as you've critiqued me before of being like, micro uh artisan focused of like you are you know, a bit too precious but yeah yeah i do i value that you know like yeah i, yeah, yeah, I, I no. feel like like art is strange because it's so it's it's like in order to decontextualize yourself from your surroundings and do something like truly sigma you have to like do it with the kind of intent of the historical and contemporary space that you operate in. So it's like really, really strange. And I think a lot of the more interesting performance artists um, like Bruce Nauman or even like Lee Lozano or somebody like that, like they were really, really good at navigating the moment. And so it's very similar to kind of like the COVID moment and the sort of post-internet art that came out of, like, COVID, which is super, like, uh, schizo-posty, like, Angel, Seven Set, Treblinka, you know, Milady, NFT, blah, 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 this and that. And I don't think it's fair to give that stuff that much crap. Like, I feel like, retrospectively, people have been shitting on, like, Angelicism and Milady and all this stuff. But given its contextual framework... It just hit different now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, the way that that shit rode the flow of what was going on was really good. I mean, again, like, I have, like, a kind of, um, you know, um, there's a and, – and obviously there's multiple whatever right-wing art takes, but just the vibe of, like, I've always gotten off on that idea of, like, this is outside of time in some way, like, stands, like, a, but. <laughs> yeah where it's like this is like recalling ancient things but you can't t- whatever you know so it's like the idea of stuff that's like super chatty of the moment like like um crazy flow of information like but i mean i love serial experiments lane you know which i feel yeah, like yeah. all of that shit is you know like bringing that into the the real world in a really Have intense you seen uh all about lily choo choo or no. like, or like Lilia for you, or some of those movies. No. Like those were very sort of, you know, influential to the angelicist canon. And, oh, okay, but, yeah, but yeah, at yeah. the same time, it's like, like I hear what you're saying, but you know, for me as like a Byung Chul Han person, like I always feel like we'll have to have some sort of return to the form and to beautiful uh-huh. forms, and that you know it. it but it is i think it is very very unfair that during a sort of historical standstill you know you have all these kind of retrospective bashings of like the the kind of nouveau post internet art that you know like i was loosely you know a part Dude, of the, and- the the one two punch of the fucking um Charlotte Fang to the writer interview was so crazy <laughs> listening to those back to back because yeah. You know, I had this like, you know, really intense um, dissonance of like, you know, it reminded me of my feelings about like R. Kelly or like um, someone like that, where it's like, I don't care if they're like an evil bluebeard type person. Like, I still love their artistic contribution to the world. And so it's like, if I had to choose between what Ryder Rips has contributed to the world or the um, or Mia slash Charlotte, like even though I think that the Mia slash Charlotte shit is like 
very dark and sus, I think it's like more, uh, I respect it more. And I, mm, and I get yeah. sussed out by the writer. Um, it reminds, I mean, even though I think he's like, you know, really talented and smart, it's just like, he is so coming from this kind of like, it, it feels like millennial troll, um, gifted millennial troll, um, <laughs> uh, within the industry type shit. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, it doesn't feel like revolutionary in but, a way. Whereas like, well, the thing is, is like, I think history will sort of re, you know, like as I think art has re geographized itself and sort of reset itself back within the downtown New York Soho world as you know, COVID still exists, but we all sort of know it's bullshit and it's a flu and yeah, it gives you long COVID. It fucked me up really bad the last time I had it, but you know, like you're starting to see these cultural centers re metastasize in a, in it in a way, which is like why I actually now am going to go to LA and New York. Everyone one, cause I work with Beanstalk on a lot of art projects, but just like, and, you know, Austin's a really good home base because it's in between those places. But, you know, like the pure sort of disembodiment of it was very, very important to a certain historical and time when yeah. when these movements were free of existence in a geological space, which is kind of what gave way to Dime Square less of as an, a place of interest, but more a concept of an aesthetic or set of ideals, you know, or a set of provenance, which was very, very abusive. It, it, but it is kind of weird because I do like some of those people a lot. Like Olivia and Dean Kissick are great. And I hung out with them and they're super smart. They're like yeah. rare because they're in it, but they're able to criticize it in a way that like isn't overly like, you know, like it, it doesn't like make people that angry, even though it's like kind of honest about what it actually is. And yeah. when you manufacture FUD, it becomes very, very difficult for you to kind of like doing the writer interview next to the Charlotte one. I got so much hate from like both sides of people. And mm -hmm. it, it was incredibly stressful because they're like, how could you do this? Like, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to do an exact very difficult to do. And, you know, it's like. I know having a podcast is cringe, but I'm like very proud of the work that I've done, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, and I think it's inspired other people to people have written me and been like, it's inspired me to like be more post cringe and to like investigate things. And, and it also just works through certain things that get really um, crazy out there online, you know, and so getting like these long long form uh, investigations of some of this stuff and getting people to actually speak for themselves. And it is, is really useful um, in terms of whatever it's super cliche that like humanizes it, but just like, you know, <laughs> it's nice to hear someone actually have to own up. But, for but he, it, yeah, exactly. And it humanized Charlotte. And I think that yeah. was what, what was really, really important. And, but it's funny. And my take, I mean, what he's doing is an artistic form of, psychological manipulation fucking post mk ultra you know shit like like that is his art form in a way you know it's a, it's like also like using corporate things of like you know community building like it's fucking really um you know powerful and scary and well me and brad he's Trammell really smart were, like, we're, we're talking about this actually just the other night and brad Trammell is awesome he's a he's a friend he's um, great yeah and and 
you know, but you know, he like sort of asked me what I thought of like the whole Milady thing because he sees it as a part of like kayfabe false community building thing. And I told him, I was like, look, I think it's a, and Toji computers, another one. I found them to be compelling art projects of a certain historic, like cultural historical moment when things were profoundly boring. of the vibe shift adjacent groups of people i think alt lit became the sort of one way for literature and it became a sort of one way of a kind of fictionalization of a narrative of them and, and so when things get into the particulars of wait identity, i'm sorry i'm not trying to like make you like name names too much but like what like is like what's her name charlotte Cal or what's the fucking name that that really annoying chick who uh caroline caroline Cal- Cal- yeah is somebody, that outlet or what yeah is, that's like, that's somewhat adjacent, adjacent to or- it. even like wet brain or something which like okay. i had a like you know but at the same time like you guys i think i think you're mean to people like i think what you do is like abusive and cruel and and, and the cruelty is sort of starting to show a little bit but, you know what's interesting? What, but what Charlotte my, yeah. and Angelicism did was they desubjectified the cruelty. Yeah. In a way that makes it less cruel. In a way yeah. that makes it less abuse. Like I talked to you know, I've talked to kids about this before. Well, how do you feel about Angelicism? And they're like, oh, I really like it. It's interesting and kind of inspiring. I was like, well, how do you feel about like the kind of like provincial downtown stuff that is adjacent to like, it makes me kind of feel bad, you know? It And mm-hmm. so when I heard that, like I, I felt genuinely sort of like heartbroken, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, and it made me like really want to, cr- whatever, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't like admitting that or whatever. And, and to yeah. see these pick me's pick up these like 2016 alt right talking points after shitting on the MAGA proletariat. Like, how yeah. fucking dare you? You yeah, fucking absolutely. piece of shit. Stolen valor. And, and the way that they buddy up with the frog Twitter people, it's like if I were a frog and I've got some respect for the, like, I would tell these people to fuck right off. I would be like, you art thought fucking piece of shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, but I mean, this how is, this dare is, you? Yeah. This like, is the frogs uh, being, you know, Machiavellian or whatever, and just like they're not they're gonna, yeah, this, this they're gonna ride shirt. it. I mean, they could always shit on them later. I feel like is the logic, you know, like because they did shit on them a bunch at the beginning in this way, and then it's right. like, um, but the frogs you, are also anti-egalitarian. Like when oh, you yeah. view Trumpian populism from the left, which is what I do, even though I I'm not a leftist from a fuck fuck that I don't want from like. It really makes sense. And you're seeing like the MAGA communism trend on Twitter. It's like, all right, you guys yeah, are so, like fucking two years too late to figure this out. Like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I am like, I guess the part of me that like, and, and I, I don't want to go overboard down some of the conspiracy stuff because I feel like there's a D like there's a way in which it can like um, make you have less agency or like be not inspiring in a certain way towards um, something that could because I do, I mean, I do ultimately believe in um, uh, that we can arrive at a kind of. Um, um, I do think that there's a kind of you know populism that could take off in America that's 
not um that is like an untapped potential that is like really like right could be really strong but i also um you know i there there are things that are concerning about the kind of um larouche qualities <laughs> well, of some LaRouche of the stuff. is well, sus, it's like man it, no it's like, so sus it's like it doesn't mean that all of his the guy no, I mean, it's have like, you read those papers on him in the 1970s like Come like yeah. this Larouche shit is like, and I'm just saying that like a, the Jackson, the Jackson Hinkle, like, um, well, that's the people. thing is like I like that they are merging those two things, but I don't like the aesthetics of wh- of how they're doing it. Like me and Ed Berger call it, for example, Baudrillardian like cowboy communism, where it's uh-huh. like. Very Americana, and, and you know, yeah, like, yeah. we both love America. But like, but that's I'm you a, guys I'm a in total the total American guy. But that's you, you know? guys in the idea lab. That's not the way you would sell it to if you were leading a political. And I'm not saying it's not about you leading a political movement. I'm just saying you wouldn't. You you couldn't really sell it that way. To you could sell it to certain people that way, but that's not the big outward facing way it would be. Right. Sold. It's not. It's not the media way. It's like as, as soon as I explain this to people within that side, it's like they seem to really get it and actually be amenable to it. Like if you explain, yeah, yeah, it to just them memetically, one on one, it's not just memetically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the only way I think we can sort of tap into an actual real movement is to do things non-memetically because memes, they just die. They die. Well, also the gnarly thing about some of the frog interactions with all that kind of stuff is that like what you see with like BAP right now is like beta to me. Like they just, yeah, well, 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 BAP is just bringing back, bringing back or like dialing up the racism to kind of like freak out some of the people that might not be cool with it. So he's like, you know, um, fucking, um, I know, I know, I know. I mean, and I, I, I really like a lot of aspects of him, but I just feel like it is kind of disappointing to see that sort of um, childish side of him, which is like, you know, obviously I love that kind of like jester, joker, provoker side of him, but it's just, there's a, um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, uh, like at the same time, I do think that it is like legit to be like very suspect of people like, Pedro Gonzalez or like kind of like um you know well, um, that guy's post, the worst. Yeah, post <laughs> sorry one second. <laughs> post MAGA like um populist uh, pseudo populist that could just end up with a weird kind of like modified neoconservatism or something or like I don't know, you know, like um that's what I'm worried about is that a lot of I feel like I'm worried about this like this funneling of the mold bug ex Bernie people um, as well as this kind of like neutered populist right thing into some kind of just like oppositional to the uniparty, which will be the like, you know, uh, older Atlanticist and then like, um, you know, Clintonite Bush, but like a false thing where it's like, Oh, this kind of like slightly more based uh, neoconservatism, the, or, or counter neoliberalism that yeah, yeah exactly yeah, that, that counters- counter signals the the uh, the order but also upholds it and I think and it's this like fuck p- that part like, of well this is a- the problem with a lot of that stuff is that it doesn't you know like a lot of this sort of hipster engagement with like the mold buggy in and teal type themes is like of course the Bernie socialists will do this because they're simply upholding their own material interests 
you know, like classes and Hoelbeck talks about this, too. He's like, of course, I voted for Macron. I'm a rich person. You know, it's like at the end of the day, people go for their own interests. But to but the disingenuous side is you started off as a fake fucking socialist, you know, like. But wait, this is the part that gets really confusing, like according to certain like and I know you're, you're saying you're not a leftist, but I'm saying like according to like a lot of the leftists and maybe some Marxist perspectives, Zamur would be the class interest that, but yet somehow it's not like, and this is where we get into that thing of like, was, so is it just that like fascism is like an alternate part of the ruling class interest where they're being class traders against, yeah, they're like, they're down on the current elites, but they want their own elites. It's just a counter elite. Yeah, Yeah. It's just counter elite signaling, but the same sort of technogenic, practices that are implemented now and this is stuff that Allison McDowell and Whitney Webb talk about a lot is like the problem with these people is like they just want new elites because they're not populist you know in any stretch of the imagination and it's like I've always been a like the weird thing is like people now associate me probably with like being I don't even know, but for a while people thought I was a right winger, which has never been true. I've always said like I come from post-Marxism. That's always been my angle. I've never been left or right. I don't even believe in them existing because the left and the right both feed that same monopolar like so global socialist enterprising model. Yeah, and obviously that puts you in the crosshairs because then you're almost implicitly saying, like, I'm some sort of third positionist or fourth. That's why you're attracted a little bit to the fourth political theory or that's why you're. You know, there's that whole new meme. It's like, what if I'm not this or that, but a other secret third thing? And I'm <laughs> yeah, that I other like that. secret third thing, which is like, I don't even know what the fuck you call it. And it's but but to see it operate in you know, sort of express itself through these kind of like artistic moments is really sort of interesting. And it, you know, because now it's like, well, what is art? Is art taking place in a place? Is it taking place as an idea? Is it taking place as with Steve Coakley of like naming names, but the names are, there's no truthiness to the names themselves. This is why it has no micro um, connotation. You know, it is a it is an object of affection of the macro level. And this is what I was interested in playing with. Definitely couldn't have been done with mayonnaise. Would have been a very different thing with mayonnaise. <laughs> you know, somebody asked me recently, like, what about buffalo sauce? <laughs> somebody came up to me at a party. He's like, could I do the same thing with buffalo sauce? And I had to think about it for a while, you know, and I, I still don't know where I stand on that. Do you but have any you know, friends in New York with cars? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, because if you do, there's a place called Candlelight that's like maybe an hour, hour and a half out of the city. That's like one of the original. I'm not in Buffalo New York anymore. Buffalo. I know. I know. Just it, it's it's an important Buffalo uh, Buffalo Wings place. That's like some of the definitive Buffalo Wings. They're amazing. Definitely worth checking out. Huh. Candlelight. It's like open till three in the morning. It's great.
really? Because I feel like I feel like we. I like this idea that like what was it? Uh, you and Edberg were talking about like this kind of like reflecting back to like 1870s and things like that. Like that shit was weird as fuck. The amount of membership in secret societies, the seances, yeah. the spiritualism, the fucking gilded well, age shit. Back. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, like, we're, well, uh, the, and that's sort of the case we've been making is we're at that place again. And me and Dean Kissick were talking about it. Like, well, they actually, the other night we're like, well, where is art headed? And I was like, it's interesting to think about how things feel very seventies. You know, like they feel very 1970s and part of it, you know, and and so like the question is like, are we in the eternal 70s or are we just in a period of the 70s that will exit again? And, and it, but it does feel like really strange to me that, you know, a lot of stuff started happening and me and Ed Berg was talking about this too, is like when we delinked the gold standard from the dollar. You know, like when we sort of abstracted money as a way to compete with other groups. And, you know, China's doing this now with the yuan and, you know, CBDCs and all this other stuff. Like it had profound impacts on cultural production itself and the production of knowledge and thought. And so that's I'm sorry. What were you saying? And that's why the whole like, you know, um, labor in the metaverse and like kind of like potentially like forcing like um people in developing countries to just be these kind of whatever npc laborers like doing these menial retarded tasks or like you know overseeing our you know fake self-driving cars or whatever the fuck just like locked like like i do think there is a lot there to this kind of like frontier you know another frontier of financialization of an abstraction where it's just you know people um you know, because it's a good it's a good method of like just keeping people locked down in a way, and like it's all gamified, and they can just get their little droplets of money. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I don't believe in you know the Facebook metaverse, but I do believe that there will be like um, you know the amount of kids growing up who spend most of their time on Roblox and you know Minecraft and stuff. Like, it's not that big of a leap to go from like oh I'm remote work to like I'm doing my job in Minecraft to yeah. blah blah blah. I don't know, you know, like, I don't know how well that'll play out. Just because you are start of seeing, like, people are getting really burnt out of the internet. Like, discourse is, like, looking really fucking lame. You know, the, isn't that an older person thing? I'm talking about, like, the kids that are, the like, ki- I mean, the cultured kids to too. it. I, well, the, the kids the, are, the kids are really weird because, ugh. It's hard to see where they stand because I do really think people value the like there's value to the younger generation in being online and offline. Yeah. You know, it's like there's definitely value to both of those things. I don't want to say they're like full blown, you know, obviously they their their brains have been imprinted through like you know, like the technology is doing stuff to them. It's working its way through them, but I think at the same time, like the profanation of just endless, you know, layers of sensings and sensibilities does yield to a kind of burnout that people need, like, reprise from. This is why I'm doing less podcasts now, but I'm going to make them as, like, formal and good as I possibly can because it's like you just, like, I don't want to vie within that, like, 
within that economic realm. And I but don't not I, to get not to get too like sci-fi dystopian, but I just feel like you know, um, I just feel like some of the solutions to that will just be stuff like every child, like it'll be some weird compromise of like okay, we realized that, like, giving them crazy amounts of Adderall was bad. Now they're all just going to microdose shrooms so they can be more embodied when they're in the metaverse. That's true. <laughs> you know? Or, or in a more sinister way than that, because that would be the California softer way, in a more sinister way than that, it'll be, like, their their head, you know, like, their headphone um, has these soothing brain waves that, like, you know, uh, or, like, it has a mist that, like, releases something that calms them so their levels of cortisol don't go too high while they're, you know, like, just shit where it just, this kind of stable regulation of people in ways, like, being very informed by people's, you know, heart rate and brain waves and all these things and just kind of, like, and then the most coercive way would be something that's more parasitic, like, you know, on some gray goo shit, on some not gray goo, like on some whatever usages of um, you know carbon or weird fucked up magnetic shit. You know, where it would just be like, um, I don't know. You know, that's all speculative, but I'm just saying like this idea of like alleviating the um, sadness or alienation or any of those things, making it more comfortable to be disembodied. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's an interesting question. But I, but I know, think there's a status, obviously, in being offline. You know, obviously, all the Silicon Valley people's kids and their you know lack <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah. phone usage and of course, usage. right, right. Yeah. So that's why, like, what Alice McDowell talks about of like where it's just like the ultimate status thing in the future will be like to not have well, that's a certain the whole, kind of digital ID or to not yeah, have. Well, a, that's the whole thing with like this, like the seasteading kind of like libertarian model we're free people yeah it's like where you're free but other people are but some of them really like want an exportable way to influence like mass civilizations also i'm not trying to hate too hard because there is something like that is kind of like copy about being like just because we're suffering there shouldn't be an alternative where the people aren't suffering in the same way right like even exact, if I don't fuck totally. with it as a model for everyone, it's like, well, maybe they can like, like I, I don't want to be fully dismissive of it. Of like, maybe they can, you know, make ter- types of people that can, you know, think different ways because they're not, you know, I don't know. There is that utopian aspect always well, we all, potentially well, to, yeah. It's really really strange, though. but when everything's in the model of like, I wonder when we're gonna get well, out of the everything's in the model of, of myth making. Well, and also and, disruption. And We're narcissi- still in the disruption. And, everything you and know, narcissistic self obsession, and and you know, and people say, well, you know, this is the kind of like sickness of the West is like uh, the culture of narcissism, and this is something like we were like hinting on years ago before we even fucking started podcasting. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's so interesting that the kind of like Lashian take givers that have been sort of like asserting these like didactic claims about like oh you know like I love Christopher Lash you know the culture of narcissism became like a meme that was basically perpetuated by the most terminally narcissistic people like producing ideas in the world today like you know so like the layers of irony behind all of this stuff is just sort of like amazing and you know the way you sort of get out of this like teapot weird thing you're in is like whatever happened to people embracing others you know like i am interested in others you know like what well, is but the thing that's confusing about the teapot thing is that okay because like we haven't been talking about them for a second but i feel like they are 
existing in this totally different uh, kind of a, a very different zone where they're they're like there's a lot of like center left center right like think tanker type people yeah. that are part of it. There's a lot of kind of like um, you know uh, market socialist type people in it that were like not even Bernie people necessarily. They're like, you know, they're like weird versions weird of neoliberals. Third thing. Yeah, yeah. They're like weird versions of neoliberals. There's like weird, you know, like some people with the, you know, the globe emojis and stuff, like the, some of those people, yeah. some of the, um, and like the thing that's scary is that a lot of those people are actually very competent in ways that are relevant to employment and advancement in our society. Whereas I feel like a lot of people on this kind of like, whatever wishy-washy um uh post-socialist or left uh and then a lot of people on the like right like um a lot of them are not like as uh i mean the right likes to you know obviously there are like very competent people on the right but i'm just saying there's a lot of like fucking neats and incels or whatever type people as well as just like kind of bitter people but like the the thing that's kind of scary about some of the like post-rationalist stuff is that like these are people that are like you know really good programmers uh really like are socially intelligent enough to like do you know more advanced forms of like these kind of like hr consult whatever just like this kind of like they're way more like up in the system so like they're important as a group and that's why that whole effective altruism shit like i just heard some fucking story about it on like you know npr and the way they were framing it where i want to hear like, the npr angle <laughs> the npr angle is like you know um it was with that dude. Uh, is it Will Wilkinson or like? Oh, fuck, he's he's like okay. a philosopher who's like one of the main. Um, I think that's his name. Um, and like, you know, it's weird because those people, like, a lot of their pet project was like worrying about AI, which, like, I mean, I'm worried about AI too, and like Dugan's worried about AI, and like lots of like, I mean, I I wish I wish there was some kind of how like, seriously do you take Dugan these days? Yeah, I know. I, I it's mean, hard because it's like, on one hand, I think he's an interesting character. On the other hand, I'm like, you know, he's kind of like a Cartesian nominalist and he has like these weird words. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, and he's really grounded in, you know, and I'm, you know, still don't know where I'm at with like, you know, the legacy of uh, traditionalism and Gwynon and Evola and stuff, which right. is like, I know you haven't really been heavy on that shit ever. And like, but like, I, um, I mean, I guess like I, yeah. So, I mean, there, there is, um, I mean, for like, I've been thinking a lot about like, you know, um, just kind of the way that the uh, occult stuff plays out in like actual like structures of governance or things like that. And like, so I guess I do like, um, I am worried about the kind of like, Gaia cult aspect of oh uh, dude I went to a I, I went to a Gaia cult NFT goddess party where Ugh. they were summoning at a mansion in Austin and everyone was microdosing and they had a reiki table and it was like so fucking wild that like, shit is like I I, I do think the that reason that shit is I love dangerous. being in Austin is because like I'm in like the belly of the beast of this shit and it's yeah. like, really funny and I've done some like investigative journal uh, you know what I mean like it's it's fucking funny though but it's like I talked to and she's like I'm using the harness of like the female goddess energy because like the NFT world is so um patriarchal to oh. use Gaia to manifest this mansion and like all of this stuff and it was like there's like fire breathing and it's like 
fully blow and they're like we're gonna harness the power of web three to like help create like a global amazonian rainforest style like cafe style community for people to like express themselves and like you know it, it was Dude, so this shit is so fucking dark because so like yeah i would advise everyone to go, shit ever i would i would advise everyone to go check out this um this episode of program to chill about this dude, Walter Breen, who is a really interesting character. He I was married to Walter the, Breen. Yeah, yeah. He wrote the, he was married to the woman who wrote Mists of Avalon. And he was like, you know, this uh, numismatics, like coin expert, like literally the scale of rating coins is fucking based on his, him. And he's also like just this whole kind of like, the way the darkest part of like sci-fi and fandom and really well, intelligent. He was a people. child sex offender. Exactly. <laughs> he was, he was like was an actual pederast, you know, dude. Like, like the shit his daughter said about him in her autobiography about growing up with him, and he's also really involved in the beginning of the Renaissance Fair and like, and Nambla. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there are cool people who are obviously involved in that. Obviously, Delaney is involved in that. Delaney's interesting. He's really yeah. interesting, and he's also a big Namla fan. You know, I it's know. like I'm I'm okay with taking in art from someone who you know yeah, is that, but course. it's still like, like it has to come not. with has to come with a bloody asterisk, you know, on it. Yeah. Um, and I um, do sort of agree with the kind of like anti trad right that like the moralization has gone too far. Like so, in some ways, like I do, kind of like agree with the oh nations. the expansion of the word pedophile or groomer. I can it's totally agree so that it's over expanded. Oh, um, way over. It's like it is over expanded. It is over expanded, and it's a lot of it is just a limited use. hangout. Like you know, yes, absolutely. However, um, there are like you know, uh, it, it, it does like. You know, these people do put, um, you know, I'm, I know there's like, I mean, I haven't gone deep enough into him, but people that I trust and think are really intelligent have told me to like, you know, like Young told me to go really deep into like Wilhelm Reich and stuff. And it's like, but these people love that shit and they always lean on that shit. And like the idea of like, all, like, yeah, like the ultimate state for everyone would just be for everyone to always be fucking because fucking is loving and everything could be loving so you should be loving your children and loving your fucking parents and it's just like oh my god like i that does bring up like a kind of like torch torch trad element where i'm just like that needs to be like cauterized from the human like it makes me you know think in that genocidal way where i'm just like you know those people like are are cancerous and they they spread and like it doesn't want to um and it's I, the aspirational quality of it in an educational context of the exactly. like exactly and yes. so 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 because it's me, unrelated to t girls walking the street who are like you know cutting you with a knife if you look at them the wrong way or whatever you know it's unrelated to that completely and here's what i'm saying i'm sorry like so like so many you know people that like I think are cool and aesthetically like things that I like. And so many, you know, so many amazing artists are gay. So many amazing thinkers are gay. And are we talking about gay? Let's change. I'm just saying, dude, they love, they love age gaps. They love extreme age gaps. They indulge in age gaps that straight people aren't allowed into the age gap thing. So here's my thing. There is a resentment. There's a resent. It's true. Like what Jack says about like, where it's like a lot of straight people are super repressed and super resentful. That's true. Like, like straight people. I mean, like 
they can fucking, you know, they all have like erectile dysfunction and, and I do, but I do feel like they are kind of jealous. Like, why do gay men get to be in relationships and still fuck whoever they want? But we're still without like, it being poly, without yeah. it being rule filled D and D poly bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. They're okay. literally just my boyfriend who I love, and then I'm fucking ten guys. Like, yeah, it's just coexists. That's my friend who I've been fucking for years. Who's my friend? You know, like right. it's amazing. No, I'm not. Like, it, I'm it, not saying that it's not. Yeah. I'm just like the point that I'm making is that like there is a kind of. Um, there is a form of stress to that coexisting with um, a lot of the kind of more repressed straight ways of being. Right. And so it's like, and um, you know, it's kind of changing a bit, but like, you know, for a long time, like a lot of gay men have been the kind of like uh, shapers of a lot of women's interests and a lot of women's, they do a lot of thinking for women. They do a lot of um, inspiration for women. They do a lot of Uh. consulting to women. Like I do, I do think that it's like, like not unfair to say that like a lot of women, you know, yeah, but I think there's good gay art and I think there's bad gay art. I think Bruce LaBruce is interesting, but like a lot of the analogies to him are un, you know what I mean? It's just like, sure, sure. Like I just kind of feel like there's like, but I just want to make a point that gets to like a really kind of, um, visceral and disgusting level that I think is sort of, (laughs) sort of important to get to because it's just like, like, you know, like, I'm sorry, like, I still, you know, I, I still, I still love the sallow thread, you know, like, I still love the, the like, there is a truth to the kind of, like, the, there is a, like, there is, like, a, you know, there is a parasite aspect that, like, you can't avoid, where it's, like, there are very that's conservative... that's embedded with it all things i mean there's like language is parasitic you know what i mean it's like but i'm talking about real fucking entities that are not spiritual parasites language that are like, is a real entity. no i'm talking about physical it, it, it is physical as objected oh okay <laughs> i'm talking about the way that like you know that it's like oh so if- come on man <laughs> like, just, like change the subject like, sorry okay what are you t- I mean, no, but I, I mean, I just feel like making like the final. Yeah. I mean, whatever we can cut this. I just like, it's, uh, um, do like, I, I don't really think there's like an ever a total, like, I feel like the way that's that a lot of, um, you know, straight people can be like, not, uh, disgusted by this is just putting it out of mind in a way, as opposed to like actually dealing with the honesty of it. I feel like a lot of people, Well, I just don't think they should have shut anything down. That's my answer. You know, like the answer uh-huh. is like just I don't believe in like repressing. Liber- yeah, you're going with the like yeah libertarian anarchisty kind of just like everyone. I'm not an anarchist. I just no, don't, I, know, I, know. I just don't even think you can like look. There is 
like there is like a truthful dimension to letting things play out because like you're creating an atmosphere for counterfactuals to where new syntheses can arise. Like this is kind of why, I mean, you know, Marx was anti-censorship and pro-free speech and like all these other things is like you, it's okay to do like, it's okay to perform contradictions if it like leads to something else, you know, like that's how things progress. And so I think, I don't know, like, I I guess I'm just more deterministic in a way where I think things, they will play out no matter what. And we really, and again, it goes back to that kind of like people trying to express control over their own lives and over the lives of others. But really, it's like we're in so many different loops of like, you know what I mean? So it's like really hard to... Oh, God. You're interested in generative things. I understand how it's very, like, downward spiral to talk about those it, kind of things. It's I mean, super downward. My, my, my word on the Roe vs. Wade thing is that, like, I don't think it's possible, but I do think that it would be awesome, you know, if uh, liberals would be okay with, like, returning themselves, returning to a state's rights model where they just accelerate the uh, situation in their own uh, states in, like, a really extreme way, and then they, like, don't do the kind of, like, total control of every state thing. I don't think they'll do that, but I think that would be um, maybe healthier where it's just like, I mean, that's, that doesn't relate to people's individual, you know, like problems that, you know, and I feel, I I mean, I, I totally, am not like um, at all, you know, anti-abortion in a blanket way, but I do think it's one of those things where like, it's just one of those things where it's like those fucking slippery slopes where it's like, how do you, I don't even agree with that. How do you limit it at like, you know, like, like the real position that would be like, we could all agree on would be like, okay, like go to the same standards as Europe where it's like, you can't do these crazy, like late term ones, like late term ones are really gnarly. Like, I don't know. I agree. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but, but early ones are, I don't think are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it is kind of funny just because like, I think to give like the thing about like a lot of the tangent stuff is like I always try to bring it back to like what can be generated or produced. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. I know. So like I I personally am for like investigating non-discursive ways of speech and talking just only because I feel like when you get too much into like current events, nothing new can come out of it. But like I've already sort of like. Like, I've proven my point because, you know, there were times where, you know, certain talking points would generate a certain level of controversy. But what I'm starting to see now is like when I actually more integrate things into a multimodal practice, but applying the same like, you know, this is bullshit, this isn't bullshit kind of model to things. Yeah. yeah. You know, but doing it in in a different, less like, you know honed in way it actually yields like better outcomes i think i feel you so that's kind of like where i'm at i I mean but you know it's just really weird to see what kind of happened in that you know people have no clue what to even do but there is like i mean you, you just have to be really suspicious of a lot of things you know, but the weird thing that I find though is if you find something that's like genuinely strange that doesn't like fit in, you have to just like go to that one thing. You know, uh-huh. like yeah. that's kind of how I see it. I, I I just think it's a form of, I think it's still just a form of like 
the way that like radio was an art as well as being like a kind of community type thing where it's like people, um, you know, like, um, obviously there's, but how do you feel about making artwork alongside the conversations? Cause that's, Oh yeah. Like it does it fuck it up. Yeah. Does it fuck it up that you're like exposing that depth of your ideas, like the mystery or something? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't even think it does. No, I don't think so. Cause I, I mean, I like that you've been like criticizing like optimization culture a lot because I feel like there's so many like artists that like do this kind of like where it's just like, I mean, it's good. I mean, sometimes talking about processes is, is interesting or like helpful, but there's just like the two, I mean, I'm in, I mean, obviously like I'm thinking a lot about it in music, but just like, there's so much fucking like everyone becoming a tutorial person where it's just like the way that the tutorialness is spread that it's just like, yeah. Like Ableton. Like- yeah. It's kind of depressing that like that, that becomes the way that someone would be introduced to someone's art and i i don't i don't think that's a good way of yeah well, framing the only stuff way to, to if you've already made stuff that, that people to love just be a leader and stop being a fucking follower like a lot of these people are not like the reason podcasters are stupid and lazy to me is because they don't actually make art they just talk about other things other people do and they do it in the most boring way possible you know like i have like I'm not going to, you know, like, I don't like talking about particulars, but I have like beef with like some theory podcaster people and like that I've never interacted with them and they just blocked (laughs) me because they don't like that. I'm like anti-canonical and I'm actually like engaging in like generative productive things instead of like doing some fucking like, I don't know, like reading group on the most boiler plate passage of a thousand plateaus or like oh, Herbert Marcuse. Like, yeah. you know, it's like really weird. Cause like the Laruellians are mad, not all of them, but it's <laughs> like, I'm like really into Francois Laruel and like non-philosophy. It's like, but you're a non non-philosopher. All you do is <laughs> interpret a like radical thinkers of the past. You're not actually, and then you go sell your like fucking Nietzsche plush dolls. Like you're a Funko pop dude. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you're doing Funko philosophy. And so I don't give a fuck if you hate me. Like, I'm sorry. You're mad that like, you know, but at the same time, like I am rigorous. Like I have read these books. Like I do work hard. And you know, in the end of the day, like people who do the work who don't, take on any sort of partisanship and it is funny talking because we haven't even had a kind of conversation like this in fucking forever but you do go down these rabbit holes and they are non-generative yeah yeah no no i I know i'm sorry Um, to break it to you but but i think do you think you can what do you think about that i'm not trying to put you on the spot no i I don't i don't mind because i i have been working on trying to like unbend some of those things i think it's one of those things where like i feel so coiled up from the way that i was raised you know like really quickly going back to the barbara marx hubbard thing the um one of her like favorite teachers um this dude uh roger weir was like one of my mom's teachers that she was in a group with for like 10 years and um you know my mom was uh very Haglia-esque and was super into Eranos and young and all that kind of shit. And me from a young age always enjoyed, you know, sword fighting with her 
over things and doing these ridiculous contrarian devil's advocate type things. And so there's a kind of, yeah, there's a, there's a childishness to some of it. I also, um, I, I, I mean, just growing, you know, growing up in Santa Monica and in a very, you know, left. I mean, I think this is something that is like, this is like, there's definitely that side of the frog thing where they're like, they're urban people in a blue context that are like uh, reacting to being from that context, as opposed to like being maybe organically not from that context, you know? And so there's this kind of like, um, uh, yeah, there's something kind of like limited about that. Definitely. Because I'm still getting off too hard on like, you know, uh, this oppositional aspect, which is not oppositional aspect, I think has to be completely done away with. Like you have to be so far beyond everything has to be fictive like almost to the point like you it's like the only way you can sort of reclaim your value within this sort of like financial market of discourse and ideas is to literally just make it your own like there is no other way you know like so the discourse people on twitter and they're like doing their little hot takes and you all just look like major pussies to me you look like a fucking beta you're shit to me like you really are you're garbage like i'll just fucking say that like i'm unfollowing anybody who's a discourse haver <laughs> because you're a bitch and you haven't done anything significant and nobody's told you anything like, wow, you know, you really did something cool there. Wow, something happened on the news and you had to give your fucking opinion about it. Really? Really? Like, I don't know. I'm more interested in the generative aspects of all of this stuff. And the historical, like, Barbara Marks Hubbard is really, really Well, to- totally. But, I mean, I-, I think that there's something interesting about, like, reconciling the kind of because we've talked a lot about before, especially, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, this kind of like um, this thing of like, what were the positive sides of gatekeeping? And, and I'm still all about that. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. yeah, Totally. And, uh, and like, yeah, like, um, and I think that like um, there, there is, yeah. Like the part that I'm yeah working on right now is still this kind of part of me that like, you know, um, enjoys that kind of like um oh you're not like uh like yeah i mean it's just like a stupid kind of purity test or something where it's just like oh if if someone's like not will i mean you know when i'm when i'm bringing up people like you know coakley or something it's like you know he uh is in trouble the way he's in trouble because he's fucking with the adl you know and so it's like if coakley was like making up uh you know like if he was being creative and like calling calling them the gremlins or something <laughs> no I know. yeah exactly that's not art uh, yeah who was yeah, as opposed to like a, as opposed to a as opposed to a, de- little fucking uh, yeah, which uh, is also cunt. dehumanizing and being parasitized by other people's ideas flowing Ugh, through you fuck yeah, that. Yeah, very gross very gross very yeah. very gross you look like a total weakling uh, your shit, and I'm like Sid Vicious compared to you, and, and you know, like I hate to toot my own horn here, but it's like these people didn't make anything beautiful or good. They didn't make anything true. 
All they did was prattle off fucking right-wing talking points from 2016. That's all they did. They never did anything. They never fucking okay. made an album. Yeah, yeah. What did they do? Okay. Like, Sorry, but like, you know, and this is like, this is not, I'm not saying this because I believe in everything. I definitely don't believe in everything that he's about. But like, this doesn't apply to someone like a, like, because like, it anyway, no, I mean, I don't It doesn't apply to like the OG fraud, you know? Like, it's exactly. It doesn't apply to fucking a Steve Saylor type. Right? Or does it apply to someone like no, that? No, because he's just an old autistic guy who gets a lot of things wrong, but it's like mm-hmm. he's just so autistic. It's like, it, it, but at the same time, it's like you look at the way in which all of this stuff ended, you try to look at where it's at now, and it's back in the hands of the people sort of reestablishing these kind of like cultural orders. Totally, yeah, totally. You know, like the, so. Exactly. When people say like this is dissident. It's like no, it's not. It's really it all not. gets it all gets rounded and brought back in. It all yeah, gets and this subsumed. is why the only way is to like study volcanoes and learn about Leibniz and read about like the letterists and see like the context of like historical art movements, like the Situationist and the letterist movement. I mean, I feel you from. A, I, I hold on. Yeah, I feel you from the perspective of the life of an artist, the life of an individual, the life of a young, younger-esque, those things. Like, this doesn't feel like it relates to Yeah, but a- the reason why America is stupid isn't, is because, like, we got sucked into a fucking useless culture war. You could live, if people here, if we had a culture where you could learn anything and do anything that was actually vitalistic and people were actually vested in the creation of things, we would be in such a better place. That's why you got to be a cowboy and say, fuck it. You know what I mean? That's why you should just go buy guns and be a cowboy. And, you know, like at the end of the day, like, the problem is is that on the mass level, these things are so corruptible that they're literally not salvageable even with within any sort of framework. You well, know, yeah, like, I think about something I think about something like Q and it's really sad, you know, what it what it was, you know, in the sense of like even though there were things that were like beautiful about it at the same time, but it was right. such a manipulation of people and it was such a experiment on people, you know? And it was a form of um, tagging people and identifying people and creating veins that could be studied through different groups of people. You know, it was like a, um, it was, you know, a a manipulative experiment. Right. And it doesn't mean that there wasn't like potentials in it that were, yeah, beautiful. And like, but um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, it does. I, I do think that like, there are things that are um, you just have to yeah. evade capture and you know it's like uh-huh. I don't know I feel like me and Beanstalk you know like the artistic side of whatever this like there is some like there is something really potent and I think people are really enjoying it and I just, I just, oh, yeah, no, and, and else this is, looks yeah. like just stupid to me. Oh, like, yeah, no, no. I, I mean, obviously, when you compare like what you guys are doing to the fucking like passage prize or some shit, it's just like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, like that kind of shit where it's like, we need to make, we need to make our own art. 
like <laughs> right it's so oh god yeah that that was just so stupid i mean it's like you know even someone like you know i don't even yeah. want to talk about it no no it's no, just, no, yeah. so, it's just yeah, yeah, so yeah. lame to me like i just yeah, yeah absolutely even, sure it's just yeah, completely it's... beta and uninteresting to me i mean yeah 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 like i just it's not worth comparing even yeah sure no i like it's kind of funny because i'm trying to like update alex on like uh, not update you because you've been following around it's just it's just funny because it's like on one hand it's almost like the point of podcasting has like totally changed for me you know what i mean like there's like so, it's like so weird no, 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 no. I, I know that I'm, like, not... Yeah, like, I get that, like, post me bringing up the uh, gay stuff, we're, like, on a not good turn. Like, I, I understand. It's not... No, it's not even about that. It's, like, about... You know, it's just about what it ends up as. No, no, I know. Like, why... Like, you just... You literally don't have to engage with the things that aren't uh, uh, going to create more things you want or right. or love. Yeah. Exactly. That's so all just you, like, exactly. That's all you, you have just, to do. Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, I do sort of agree with Walter Benjamin that nostalgia can be a revolutionary force. Like, I'm not totally, like, Mark Fishered out. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I've been watching that TV show from the 60s, The Prisoner, a lot. Oh, yeah. So sick. That's the best show of all time. It's like, it, it's like, I would be stuck on that island like a baroque like cartoony island where everything's like topsy-turvy and weird and you're fed that like shit psych- feels like watching something that like pre-exists in your dreams before you can see it it's oh yeah like- and then if you try to leave that like weird white ball comes and tries to like kill you you get killed by a white or it's just like so awesome and i feel like this is really kind of like this is the moment. Like, the moment is, like, prisoner and exotica. And even, like, on a geopolitical level, to take it to this, like, other place, it's like, he who controls the island sort of controls everything. And I love Deleuze's stuff on, like, desert islands. It's mm-hmm. so sick to me where he's basically like, the island is a place where if you occupy it, you desert it further because the person who colonizes the island is leaving the place they came from. Therefore, you're making it even more strange and other because it's like such a deviation of everything. And it's weird because like China's setting up like doing like weird military contracts and like the Solomon Sea, you know, with like the Solomon Islands and like, you know, setting up like military compounds and like the South China Sea. And it's like part of me is like, is he who controls the islands is that who controls the destiny of the human? And part of me feels like, yeah, because I was in New York City and I'm like, man, these people aren't that fucking cool. You know, like you think they're cool and they're like hot or whatever, but like they're not really that like sick. Some of them are. Some of them are great. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mentioned mean, Dean. He's great. You know, like whatever. But I mean, there, there's always there's always been a thing of, of uh, New Yorkers making like them drinking a beer in front of a fucking store. Like, you know, a thing that has some what, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, they, they uh, they're really like, good at, at full of humans and they the build neighborhood. Themselves up. Yeah. yeah, building building up their like neighborhood circle jerk and exporting it to others as culture, even though. 
most of what they get is a kind of like cybernetic, you know, amalgam of information, fashion, data that they've basically sort of orientalized and picked from other places and just kind of sutured into something that they then funnel out. That's why they're just, they give so many takes all the time. It's like, yeah, all I the, mean, I, I feel like, like, I feel like, why don't you shut up and, and like go make music? I made way more music than all of you people. Like <laughs> I make more art and music than all, like you guys don't really do anything. I'm sorry. Like you don't, but that's not the point because the point is very Warhol esque in that, you know, the person becomes the kind of art and becomes a part of like yeah. a machinic capitalistic and like in the Warholian sense, you know, like the content factory that comes out of these places is very much sort of, you know, it's, it's a part of that milieu, which I find well, to be and annoying, and I, but and that's kind of one of the things that was, you know, um, cool in a, you know, different way about the, um, some of the culture of that kind of uh, a non Mia world where it's like, I'll build something up and burn it down and build it up and burn it down. And I'm coming back like with a million faces and a million names. And it's like not identity based. Yeah. Or even like the Bernadette corporation or something like that. Wait, what's that again? It, it was like this basically like art fashion collective in New York and Paris. That was like super, it was like really influenced by like battalion economic theory and like, really strange stuff um, in the way that it's sort of like used the sort of like excess economic models to kind of disturb the, the corporate, like the corporate nature of the fashion industry itself. So it was like in a weird case, like a praxis that like challenged the notion of like what a corporation function as even as it sort of gained like Rena Spallings and all that's the sort of like, you know, it is very sort of art world institutional stuff, but you could see some of it on Ubu web. I know okay. you're a big Ubu web. Yeah, fan. definitely. And, cool. uh, and I think it's, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, one of the main people was like a costume designer, like, like Harmony Corinne is really good at doing this as well. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that's why I think Harmony is, is such a, is a really great artist. I mean, I, I put spring breakers. I think that's my favorite movie of all time. It's so good. You know, Julian it, donkey boy is so good too. Oh yeah, totally. But you know, it's like, but when I see people like this, it's honed in on a kind of otherness or a, a theoretical knowledge of superstructure that like this other shit just doesn't have like the right wing stuff doesn't like it doesn't. Wait, hold on. I have an example for you though, that I'm curious about. So, yeah. because I know you've like talked about the idiots before and I love oh, the idiots. best movie ever. It's amazing. So what do you think of, because some of this kind of more resentful or negative side of things I think is expressed in Manderley. What do you think of Manderley? because it's very different the idiots is so free-flowing and has so much kind of like disgust and you know, joy. i haven't seen manderley dude oh my god yeah you should watch it it's again okay, just the quick summary of it is like you've seen dogville right so um so manderley is the sequel to dogville it was part of a trilogy and you just didn't finish the third one so they're all the like america ones and so like manderley is like danny glover and um 
Bryce Dallas Howard. So she basically plays um, the daughter of the like mob boss guy from Dogville. Um, So she's going through the country in a limo and she's like driving through the South with all these goons. And then like, um, you know, it's in like the thirties or something. And they're like driving down this road and a fucking um, slave runs across the road, a slave. That's a member of a plantation that never knew that slavery ended. And basically what happens is she uses her goons to overthrow the, um, you know, the overseers and the whip crackers and the, you know, masters. Right. And she becomes a transitional government for like one year where she's going to like teach the slaves how to be free or allow, like allow this transition to happen. And she's very like idealistic. And um, she, uh, so she's very like Northern in this way. It has this like, um, she's like a progressive reformer in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't want to look at this book that is like the slave master's manual. And it contains like all the kind of like uh, identification of each type of them and how to treat them differently, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually she, she does look at the book and it's, um, but yeah, it's really good. It's uh very, very, um, I've never seen a movie that like, you know, deals with the subject in that way. And it's, right. um, yeah, you, sh- you should definitely watch it. That's, that's super interesting. And it's so formal. You know what I mean? Cause of like that whole Dogville style of that, like transparent yeah, theater. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, all the Dogma 95 shit is like, so like, you know, visceral and free. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just an interesting contrast. I think. Yeah. I think Lars von Trier, who is definitely one of the best, ever in my opinion yeah. i'm just i think he's but he's twisted him. he's twisted oh, he's got a hundred percent but it's beautiful i mean yeah but i think about too and i've been reading a little bit about the plays of samuel beckett and i love samuel beckett but it's like it's interesting because you know waiting for godot or any one of his plays they're set in an incredibly limited context you know like there's one scene and you know everything that goes on happens within like this super limited space it's a totally closed world so i feel like the way at least like it's really interesting because lars von trier kind of does the same thing but he does it through like waves of expanding and contracting his own practice you mm-hmm. know it, it's really weird like land of opportunities trilogy that's just yeah. interesting shit, you know? Yeah, I think he's, like, never been to America. <laughs> yeah. Love that. That's like Yeah, the... like, Washington <laughs> is the one who that hasn't been made yet. Yeah. But he yeah. still calls it a trilogy. I love that. <laughs> you know, like, that's what you should be fucking spending your time doing. Definitely, definitely. Like, not this, like... Oh God! You're a fucking art thought with your tinned fish, and you're gonna, you know, you're just you're giving me like an alt right talking point about yeah, yeah, yeah. laundered through yeah, laundered yeah, yeah. through like stuff that is already proven to be failure, and it's like mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I gotta get yeah. you. I gotta get you on the Marxist train. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it doesn't make you a libtard, or you know, no, no, just, no, no. I know that. I'm not. Right. Oh no no I, it's not it's not on that tip I I just like I'm still like not sure how it reconciles with certain kind of um 
I, I mean, no, no. I feel like the way it reconciles with like spiritual stuff works through um, Christianity and Islam, and I think that it sort of forces it's, fu- a, uh, it's fully it forces a shedding of with Protestantism specifically. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that I think it's um, I think it's um, you know, I think I've I've I'm working through investigating a lot of like and sort of uh, you know trying to unplug certain you know theosophical or traditionalist type um that stuff's whack dude i know i know i know i mean like when it when i see the way it plays out no no also just like knowing it's like fucking you know king king charles is you know very knowledgeable about guinan you know great that'll help any you know like that matters at all Yeah, you know, and just like, um, just the way that it, per- like, you know, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, uh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm deprogramming myself from working through stuff. Yeah, you know, we'll figure it out. It's a, uh, it's an interesting time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, it's going to be so crazy. Like when we get into the the fervor of the um, election and the way that it could feel if it's like, you know, either like a pseudo Trump, like DeSantis type, or if it's like Trump oh, again. I mean, God, and not to get into the, the politics. Worst. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely like sussed out by yeah like what you've been saying about like you know obviously like DeSantis and Masters and, and yeah, 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 that's yeah, not good. No, uh, if, if Trump ran again, though, of course I'd vote for him. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. and he's probably the problem is is he's compromised too. Oh, by, of course, by, of course. Uh, by the technocrats, you know, like the Allison McDowell is right. You, you know, like that's just yeah, yeah. it's just a fact. I mean, we had this. Br- I just think the idea is too funny. Like I'll fuck with it, and I just like him so much because I think of he's course. so hilarious. Of course. It's like. Yeah, you know, like I'll do it, but but no, there's no yeah, there's no good. There's the no good, good is in doing like an American trilogy. I've been really into yeah, the yeah, movies yeah. of and- Andrea Anderson. I don't know her. Like American Honey, or no, Andrea. No, uh, what's her name? Yeah, no, yeah, American Honey and like Fish Tank. Like that's what people need to do. With Shia LaBeouf, who just became a tradcath, by the way. <laughs> if, I, if you want to know where traditional ends, it ends in like Shia LaBeouf, like crying and becoming a tradcath. <laughs> you know, it's like, like none of this stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll still, I'll still be good. excited to see another Mel Gibson film. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down, I'm down to see him. Well, trying he's, to make yeah, but, about. but he's so like, but Mel Gibson is so fucking like. You know, he relies so heavily on like this strong spectacle aspect that's so rare today. It's yeah. like, of course, you want to see a Mel Gibson movie. I want to like, see Mel Gibson. I want to see more. There were S. Craig Zaylor. S. Craig oh, yeah. Zaylor. Zaylor is good too. <laughs> like all that stuff yeah, is like, good because it's just like it's just insane, you know. And you just yeah, it's full throated. It. It's it's got yeah, it's got potency to it that just is lacking in yeah. 
But no, I think it's really interesting talking to you again because we we have like a a really interesting dynamic, you know. Definitely, it's yeah. Weird. No, it's I mean, long. I think it's interesting. It's interesting between me and you. I don't know if it's interesting for anybody <laughs> else. Like, I don't know what yeah. people like, but yeah, uh, you know. But I do think like the reestablishing of like an artistic order where people are like constantly changing and. You know, things come in and out and, you know, you can, but you also have to kind of be honest with how you feel. It's like, it's, it's a weird thing, you know, giving context to art, I think is really important. That's why like, yeah, the discourse stuff just doesn't interest me, but I mean, it's. God damn. I know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, last, I mean, last things is just mainly like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited to like work on like site specific music stuff and more just more art shit yeah i know i'm 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 pretty burnt (laughs) all right man yeah we're sick right now but yeah Yeah. this was a a, an insane conversation (laughs) we're we're very we're happy to to be doing it there's a lot of takes but there's you know you sometimes you have to clear the air you have to you know you have to let people know so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just interesting how everything played out from the beginning where we were making art and music and we were sort of sick of, like, the corporate, uh, you know, way things were playing out. Like, for me in the gallery space and you in the music scene and all this stuff. And then COVID hit and what was kind of, like, amorphous, uncapturable project that involved public speaking events with... Uh, smoke machines and just weird <laughs> arcane shit to see that we helped put on like the first yard, like and to see where it ended now to be like, this is fully captured mold bug. All this stuff is like fully integrated within the, the class of, you know, within a Ugh, certain, just yeah. to see where we started oh, yeah, and to see yeah. how disgusting and lame it all is. I know. And it, I still have, I still have my little pocket phone recording of my conversation with Moldbug, and I haven't listened to it yet out of like, I'm going to like open that time capsule in the future. Cause it's such a weird fucked up moment of, um, yeah. So weird. So weird. And yeah, I had, you know, could have no idea the way it would like penetrate and spread and yeah, things and yeah, no, it's um, it's so weird. I kind of knew it would happen, but who thought that the idea of getting Moldbug in a room with a bunch of art thoughts, like the reason we did it, like I, the reason I helped organize that thing, which like I've I've never taken any teal money at all, like that's fucking mm-hmm. ridiculous, you know. But the reason why, like. I got paid like $15 for the whole event. You know, like nobody made any fucking money at all. But the reason why, like, I did that, why we did that years ago was like to see what would happen. Yeah, it felt good. I mean, it felt good to be like. But it doesn't feel good anymore. No. And a part of that is because. But we accelerated the contradictions. Like, whenever something is unique, you have a unique you should do it because it will prove itself what it is eventually. And I mean, I'll be honest, like a lot of the teal buck stuff is really troubling to me. I really Mm -hmm. fucking hate it. Uh, I think it's created nothing of interest or value to anybody. I think it's parasitic. 
I wouldn't say it's fascist at all, but I will say like I do think it just upholds what already is. It's not different. It's not new. It's not even transgressive. It's shit. You know, like what like the things we were doing at the beginning were actually like there was some sort of risk involved. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's controlled. It's like fake. It's controlled opposition. Fake. Yeah. It's a hundred percent fake and controlled. And, and now we're in a really weird spot where it's all about negative meme plexing, defluencing, you know, doing things at an underground operational level, but also telling the truth and being a hundred percent honest and being like, this is now bullshit and, and not being afraid to like alienate an audience. You should be fudding people. Look, my whole thing is this, is like if somebody gets mad that you create FUD around them, just say you're a liar and I don't owe you anything. Like if somebody's lying and they're not willing to do an internal critique of their own problem, like how ironic is it how thin-skinned the free speech advocates have become? Yeah. They're so fucking thin-skinned. They can't handle... Like, I'm not saying I'm, like, better or anyone or, like, you know, you should bring a can't. I'm just saying, like, there are too many people. They're just, like, I don't know. It's, like, it, you should be able to tolerate people, like, saying things that go against your model. And it, it's similar for me with, like, you know, fucking Web3 people. I yeah. thought you were the free speech libertarian. But yeah. you can't handle me fu- like creating fear, uncertainty, and doubt around your project because it's obviously a pyramid scheme. Like, what if yeah. that's my if that was my opinion and it wasn't true? Then why do you care? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it is kind of weird because I do notice that there are people that I respect that do. Like, I mean, Allison McDowell is kind of an example of like someone who kind of does too much banning and too much like breakups with people because she like is like maintaining an extreme purity so she's on some like you know will like not engage with whitney webb because she, like whitney webb would like accept cryptocurrency or something so she's like right. on an extreme purity shit but i mean there's a part I'm not of that so I respect. Pu- i'm not so oh, puritanical because yeah. cryptocurrency is good for certain limited cases of exchanging money Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think it's overboard to go, but, but it, it is, is overboard. Yeah, yeah. Like there is this, um, this part of certain people where they'll be like, I don't even want to engage with bad actors. And they just will like, yeah, beyond that super intense. I mean, like there is a place where that can come from like a sort of truthfulness, but it's still kind of an over the top. Like, yeah. like overly- I, I've had friends be like, do you hate me now that I've like done stuff with like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, just make your money. Like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. No, that's you know, like, like as oh, long God. as you don't get mad at me, like as long as we're still okay and we can maintain a friendship despite me saying things that may contradict how, you know what I mean? It's like, that's totally cool. Like, I, yeah. I'm not... Like I'm not somebody. Yeah, I, I'm not really into purity tests. You know, like, no, that's yeah, not, purity tests. What like, I'm saying is like whisper but, network, gnarly, like you know, forced conformity of like this person's against us now. Shit, like yeah, that I I don't like that at all. The problem yeah. is when people have the perception that that you're doing that and that it's personal. It's yeah. like if you're, it's like you can make it personal. And it may yeah. be personal because it affects your money or whatever, 
But like, we no, we're not going to get to the bottom of anything. Nothing will change unless somebody does it. And so, you know, like, I'm sorry, you know, it's like, but if you're okay with me doing that and you realize, like, I could still like you and see exactly where you're coming from and see your... Have you had people, like, try to engage with you in an adversarial way that would actually be long format that was, like, worth doing? Or no, is it usually, like, something where it's just, like, all hidden, backhanded? A lot of it's hidden and bad. I mean, obviously, you know, like when I had uh, Ryder Rips on, we disagreed about a lot of things. You know, like there's people yeah. I've had on or like David Pierce of the Transhumanist Society. Like, though, you know, like there are people I've had like contentious conversations with where I'm like, I don't agree with this at all. Uh, but at the same time, it's. Oh, like- of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I meant more in like a way where they're like, I've like, yeah, like. Like, on that kind of, like, I mean, it's so, like, there's so much of that cheesy, like, fucking debate shit. It's, like, that's very, like, not the not the move. But just, like, yeah, I was just curious if, like, like it, uh, because I feel like it is interesting, the thing of, like, the, I don't know, like, self-critique within a, or, like, you know, the, uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is strange. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just really stoked to release more music yeah yeah and uh somebody hit me up to do a vinyl of like the best contained tracks sick so i might be pressing like two thousand of those oh and yeah yeah. and like getting into like stuff like like i kind of just i don't know like the book and dvd sort of proved something really interesting to me it proved to me that like People really want like fun, interesting stuff. Like, no, I mean, I think the I think the move is just yeah, doing, to continuing to do like cool multi fucking multimedia shit and like text and art and object and music and yeah, that's how you exit. You yeah, know, you you like that. That's the answer. And and you know, it yeah. was so beautiful to go to Splitty Fest in New York and see like there are these kids doing that too. Mm-hmm. You know, like the other kids are like, they're not trying to become micro celebrities. They are, they are sort of critically engaged with making things, but not in a sort of way of like, well, how does this relate to me and the way I look and position yeah. myself? It's like, it's just Sigma stuff, you know, like you're just, uh, it's just, it's cool to see the impact that's having because ultimately, you know, this project was never for the cool people. It became yeah. a little trendy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that kind of weirded you out. But a lot of those people who are cooler, who fucked with it, like they don't even like, it's not cool enough for them anymore. But it's like, which I've never really good. Done, which, <laughs> which is liberating because it's yeah. like, I don't want to, like, this was never for you in the, in the first place. Like this is for yeah. the people who, not to bring up that C- Philip Seymour Hoffman quote from like Almost Famous, but he's like, the only real thing you have in this world are the things that you express when you're not cool. Like when you're mm-hmm. cool, it's meaningless. Like when Moldbug becomes cool and he goes on Red Scare, it's like, it's over. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, your yeah. shit's done. Like, yeah, you know, like it's fucking done. It's you're it's cooked. And so that embracing that sort of like radical 
always just going for like, you know, like Beanstalk will always be interesting. He's yeah. he, like someone like that will always be interesting, you know, yeah. and that's why I love. Yeah. You know, like that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's why, you know, shows like Subliminal Jihad are interesting because they're always go or like why Ed Berg and even like, uh, you know, like a lot of these guys are just. No, they're fucking like going so deep and they're just it's just they're really they're they're not. Con- yeah, no, it's it's they're they're doing they're doing this. Um, they're doing the work. I yeah, mean, they're doing the work. And yeah. other people aren't. They're resting on things that are, yeah, yeah. are totally meaningless and aren't expressing anything interesting at all. So with that, uh, I think, man, that was a lot of takes in this one. <laughs> I got to say, but, you know, it's like when we when me and Alex get together, we just kind of like rant and I'm excited to work on more music stuff and put out more. Alex's music has like really hit a resurgence. Like people like really have like been hitting me up about that Cool Water album being like, this is so good. Like, when is he going to put out more? So, yeah, I got some, I got some sick stuff waiting, waiting to go out. So it's time to just uh, make, make the art for it to make it complete. Yeah. And so we're just going to keep making stuff and go along with you. I actually had an idea. I said, contain is like the Bernadette corporation, but instead of like all it New York girls in the early two thousands, it's like, the Bernadette Corporation for Midwestern autist, like autistic people. <laughs> like, uh, so, oh, man, I'm sick as fuck right now. Me too. Me too. Oh my God. That was great. Yeah. No, um, yeah, no, it was, it was fun. And, um, yeah, I, um, I'm excited to do one where I'm like more whatever in the future when I'm like, uh, I, like like when I'm talking about this stuff of like uh, you know all the um, respect for the deep research shit like I would like to do ones where I'm coming with that.